Hey everyone, some listeners may find potentially sensitive content in this episode. Please check the timestamps before listening. I was thinking this earlier, I was like, do I need to text Liana saying, if, when they're like, how do you know Liana? I'm like, what stories am I allowed not to say? <laughs> <laughs> it's only for the photo, it's only for the photo. It's for the gram, for the gram. <laughs> nope, it's going straight back up. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Third Bureau. I'm one of your hosts, Hamish. And I'm your other host, Aaron. And today we're joined by Katie, who we just met literally just now, basically, and just introduced ourselves. We met her through Liana, and yeah, she has some very interesting topics for us this episode. So yeah, we look forward to it. And Katie, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, just hello, everybody who's listening. Yeah, they met me through Liana, and yeah, do your thing. <laughs> I don't have to introduce myself. <laughs> we're just creating content, right? Yeah, yeah I'm trying to find the... Uh, I think it was just after her like episode got released or after she finished recording. She just messaged me and was like, hey, I've got someone who would be good. Uh, Message my friend Katie. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> so funny. But yeah, how, how do you two know each other? We know each other from school, so secondary school. We met in good old year seven and our friendship blossomed, I guess, from there. And we've kind of just, we've just bounced off each other so much that we just speak. We've probably spoken like, I wouldn't say every day, actually, I actually wouldn't know if it was every day. But yeah, no, we met in like year seven, year eight at the school in Loughborough and we've been inseparable since. Yeah, many phone calls later and our friendship is blossoming day by day. Do you say school in Loughborough? Yeah, yeah, Loughborough, yeah. Wait, she went to school in Loughborough? Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> I, should, I feel like I should have a it's list a of things that I should like <laughs> not tell people. This is why I was like, do I message her saying, do I tell them that time when you want to work? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, what? Um, Excuse me? <laughs> no, 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 So I was like, what stories? What, do, how much do they know about your background? I thought she went to school in Leicester all this time, like a girls only school or something. Oh, yeah, we did go to a girls only school, but we okay. keep things like on the hush hush at times. So maybe love for now, everyone probably might know. What's cool? <laughs> Not the one that everyone's thinking. It's the other one, by the way. Because <laughs> there's like oh, I, I know no schools in Loughborough. So. Okay, well, every all the Loughboroughians, so they might know that reference. I hope you have a huge Loughborough fan base, by the way. Yeah, I'm I'm googling it now. <laughs> I wonder. Schools. I wonder where it was. Wait, does the other one have a bad reputation or some sort? No, not a bad reputation. Oh, God, I don't say anything. Who depends who's listening to this? There's just like two different um, all-girls schools. And we were obviously like the fun and better ones. So that's it. <laughs> oh, yeah, Aaron, I'm sensing private school use. <laughs> oh, no, that's what I didn't want to say. <laughs> I swear, I swear, no. It's not like other private schools. School, no. This is the thing that we all keep on the down low. Like we never, yeah. we never tell people that we went to a private school. No, no, don't worry. It just fuels my jokes. I mean, of all people, like I'm probably the worst person to tell as it is. So, <laughs> do you know a girl called Priyanka Adatia? Uh, yeah, yeah. She actually went to my primary school as well. We went to primary school together, and then she, I think she's like the year below me. Yeah, because funny story, I she's actually my second cousin, but I didn't know that until like no second year of uni way. Oh or third my year of uni. God, how did you find that out? I think like, oh, is that some family thing? And then my mom was like, the other cousin who goes to Warwick University. But you're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, and I didn't like, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then nothing really happened. And then I remember like telling Liana about it. And then Liana was like, oh my God, she went to my school. Like I know her, I'm friends with her, whatever. Oh my God. And then one day in like computer science, Jitten just came in with her and was like, here's your cousin. I was like, nice to meet you. Oh, that um, is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> is your cousin, by the way, finally got the yeah. to you. 
at Leona's birthday in like third year university roughly. So when would that been? 2016, maybe 2017. Um, so when we came to Leicester from Lem, so we had like cabs booked, I guess. Yeah. Also, we came to Lem, and yeah, basically it was a, it was a decent point. Aaron wasn't actually there. Actually, I just realized this is where there's a video that exists of one of Liana's relatives or so family friends that looked like Aaron at the time with long hair, and we we started a chant in the birthday that was like Aaron, I feel like somehow like subconsciously like I can remember that for some reason I was probably thinking who <laughs> are these fuckers like what are they doing here <laughs> and who yeah. the hell is Aaron <laughs> I know yeah. everyone in the Aaron's family circle what is going on <laughs> yeah so we just we just started a chant with Aaron and that's it and the guy was like too probably too waved to realise and he just joined in as well oh my god that's no he, he knew because I got I got sent a video when it was happening of like just some random guy in a circle <laughs> And then people just shouting Aaron at him. <laughs> oh, I felt bad for him. It was like he was getting bullied. Oh, you can see, the, you can see the pain in his eyes. Oh, no. Which one was it? Was he quite tall? No, no, no. It Definitely have been not. Short. It uh, have been short. I don't know who you Because <laughs> Aaron's short, it could have been Aaron. Are you sure it wasn't Jitten or something? That's the only no, no, like. Because no, no. the answer is all quite like. He short. had long hair at the time of glasses, which is Aaron's MO. Oh, I think I know who you mean. Oh, maybe. I'm yes, staring so. at you now, so that's a bit weird. <laughs> I had long hair. I had long hair at the time. Yeah, that makes all the difference. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm I'm the better Aaron, so it's fine. <laughs> but that guy's name, we don't, yeah, we don't know what his name was, Aaron. We just we just basically just started singing Aaron. Yeah. Do you know what? If if this guy, obviously he knows when we when we're talking about this, he'll probably listen and be like, oh yeah, of course he remembers that moment. It's <laughs> a horrific time. He probably gets if you're listening, get in touch. <laughs> get in touch, and you can come on the podcast. Uh-oh. <laughs> But yeah, what, what have you been up to like since you and Liana, I guess, stopped going to the same school? So I moved to London and I went to the University of Westminster, studied studied there and I did like, uh, it was called like contemporary media. So we did like, I personally focused in documentary, interactivity, touched on like video making and photography in the like in the documentary, documentary world, I guess. And yeah, just having some great time apart from Liana and being able to collect my thoughts, really. Because <laughs> she yeah. is so annoying. <laughs> yeah, it just shifted her onto us. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you are no longer my problem, sorry. <laughs> did you visit her much at uni or, or did she visit yours? Surprisingly, like we actually, me and Liana, like it's, we don't see each other all the time in person. We like live off like having phone calls constantly. I, she might call in this podcast, which would be a great little <laughs> cameo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. Put it on speakerphone. Um, <laughs> and before we have to send her something, she says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally, I'm like, by the way, you're actually live on the podcast. Yeah. No. So we, I never actually visited Warwick um, or your, your campus at all. And she visited me once, I think, um, in London, but. We usually like kind of everyone meet in Leicester. Like we'll get all the girls to meet back in Leicester, and we'll just like go from there, or like we'll just you know, chat on the phone and stuff. Yeah, contemporary media. That's don't know if I've heard of that before. It took me two years to understand what the course was. I'm going to be honest. Like <laughs> everyone was like contemporary. What's contemporary? And I was like, it was literally like someone going, "What's art?" And I was like, "It is whatever you want it to be." <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs> it's just got to be modern. <laughs> yeah, so it was contemporary. So it's just like modern forms of media rather Basically, than like the traditional. Yeah, yeah like modern forms and like how you can use canvas to capture things and that would mean like dismantling um like a camera and like looking at like camera obscuring which is just again like you're using a lens to like make a new picture type of thing it's like different things like that and then I ventured into the more interactive side towards my final year which led me to like all my work today really so 
Ooh. Was it quite technical? So during my first two years of uni, I focused a lot on like documentary and like photojournalism. That was like my main, main two things. And there was like some bizarre, bizarre things I'd capture and really, it was so bizarre coming from like Loughborough to then venturing into the documentary photography world in London. And there were some things I'd see and I'd be like, whoa, this is absolutely mad. Like what? What was um, so different? One of my, one of my main memory things, this is like, when I moved to London, I learned a lot about like ethical documentary and like photography, like what's ethical, what's not, what, what you, what can you live with? If you take the photo, can you live with that photo going out and telling a story type of thing? And there was this one day I ventured down into Central and there was this protest going on. And I think it was Guy Fawkes. Okay. So yeah. it was the Million Mass March. And I was, I always go over an open mind. So I never went with being like I believe in this therefore I'm capturing this it was more like let's talk to the police let's talk to the protesters let's talk to like the people running it and get like an idea of what's going on and it was like the most I think it was the most violent protest I've probably ever been in there was a lot of stuff going on which is really weird because if you went to one now it's so quiet hardly anyone turns up so this is Mm. like 2015 I think and there was just like loads of fights riots people throwing bottles at horses like beer bottles and I think it was halfway through the night where you kind of get an idea as you're taking photographs and you go to many of these protests you kind of get a sense of the community like the photography community and they kind of weirdly enough have your back so when there's things kicking off you kind of have each other being like just to let you know that's where the issue is like you can go there but it's either super violent or not so violent so you can kind of work together in a way and there was this one where they literally just took over london central london and there was the hunger games premiere happening at the time okay and there was these groups of guys that basically and this is a bit where i was like what the hell there was these like girls at the front like about 14 15 like super pumped to see the hunger games cast and everything and these group of protesters literally grabbed these girls pulled them back and hopped over onto the red carpet and was like screaming like their chants and stuff. And I took a photo of it and I got this guy like doing exactly what I've just said. I was like, this is like a great photo, but I can't believe what I've just witnessed. Cause like, it's quite hard to see these girls now crying with their mum. Be like, I was looking forward to it. Like it was so mm. like disheartening seeing, seeing that. But then the guy came up to me and this is what I wasn't prepared for. And I wish I could go back in time actually for this point. And he goes, can you delete that photo? And that's when I said, but if you think you're doing the right thing, you wouldn't mind me capturing it and like you wouldn't mind me putting it out there. And he goes, no, I want you to de- delete that photo. I've got family, I've got work. And I, I argued the case. I was like, but the point is, if you believe in that, why would you want that proof deleting? Because you're making a statement, you're making a point. And I can honestly say I got really intimidated by him. So I was just like, I'm just going to delete it because this guy, a lot of people are like drinking, doing drugs, kind of off the head a little bit. And that's like they're always the bad people, like the bad side of protests is people go just for the, the riot side. And he was one of those. So I deleted the photo. And ever since then, I think back to that. I'm like, should have never deleted it. I should have just sprinted off in my little trailers and he wouldn't have touched <laughs> me. <laughs> does the camera have, I don't obviously use a camera, but does that not have a deleted folder? Is there any chance that? Uh, like it was gone, like at that moment. And then the protest carried on. And that's when it got to like Buckingham Palace. And there was like loads of police turning up. And that's when things got again really out of hand. People like smashing bottles, throwing cones to police horses and this is like where like my moles sort of coming into place I was like I literally cannot stand next to this guy who I was speaking to beforehand and I was asking about the march and he was saying how he finds it really unethical how they're using animals in the police and I was like oh that's really interesting thought that you're having 
And then he gets a glass bottle and lobs it at Hawes. And I was like, I turned around and said to him, I just said, you just said to me that you, you're like for animal rights, that you're for all of that. And you go and throw a bottle at this horse who you can see is all cut up. Like, what is your point? He goes, oh, like, I mean, I obviously didn't mean to get the horse. I meant to get the officer. I was like, but you have to understand when you're doing an action like that, 50-50, it's going to hit one or the other. Like, yeah, he, tr- so he trusts his aim oh so God. much. Like, I, know. I was like, what the hell are the others? That was the, I think the last big protest where I went to, where I was like, okay, this is really interesting. But surely there were like lots of other people taking photos and stuff like that. Yeah. Or did he try and go to like everyone he could um, to try and get them to delete it? I know. I was the, it was like a really quick moment. Like they were just Hmm. walking through Leicester Square and I captured them in like in my corner of the eye and I followed them. And I was the only, I don't know, it was about five years ago. I feel like I was the only photographer there for that moment. Because yeah. as soon as they started making noise and commotion, that's when all other photographers would also join. But I was lucky enough to get there first, but I just had no balls and I deleted it because, you know, I was so new to London and that was probably my second protest that I'd ventured into. So I was still like getting my ground and understanding the world. But now, like if that ever happened, I'd literally just tell the guy and be like, no, I'm sorry, that's not happening. It was pretty brave though, like to just be in that that kind of commotion and stay there, take a picture and not back off in the first place. So like, that's mad. What are you taking, like, who are you taking the photo for? Um, This was just like for my own like portfolio and like learning how to be, because at this point I was like, I really want to go to photojournalism because I was like trying different forms of documentary. So I was taking these photos just basically for my myself and writing about them on my blog at the time. And also I wanted to create like a huge portfolio, uh, not even a portfolio, but a whole photography book on protests of London from 2015 onwards. So then people could flick through and see the different movements and see if movements are repeating themselves, if they're not. And also I'm kind of for like telling the story in the way that I saw it and felt it rather than, you know, I'd go to some of these and then I read them up on like Sky News or BBC and stuff like that. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's interesting because I didn't feel that's exactly what happened mm. and there was a couple of moments like that which I was understanding how the world was kind of ran in the media in the media way so it was, yeah that was the main use of it really I used to wonder like when watching the news and stuff and you have like reporters at like really like places where there's a lot of conflict and like d- things you'd consider dangerous places yeah. but then you've just got like a reporter there just chilling on the side <laughs> like with a camera and a like a microphone just speaking yeah like with a vest or something it's like so yeah. and I'm like you're so collected how do you do that <laughs> or like people do as you did like get photos of like incidents that are like really dangerous like how are they like doing all that stuff yeah I know and how they like safe like doing all of it you know what's also mad is yeah that their cameras are way better quality than the CCTV that's around the area as well yeah so like the true. CCTV is a blur but their cameras don't have the most evidence with those pictures yeah, no, totally. There was like some mad photos that I took and like I, one of the photos, there's this one photo I took and I obviously had a report, like a, an actual reporter next to me for I think the Guardian or the BBC and I went online and I had literally the exact photo as them. At this moment there was this guy getting arrested and he was like kind of like kind of getting dragged and like four police officers were like picking him up and stuff and I was like, damn, should have hashtagged the Guardian newspaper before them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know how that stuff works? Like if you took a photo... Like, could you like sell it to one of the like media? Yeah, so um, like corporations. Funny enough, when I was actually doing this, I would um, I had another friend who went down there, 
Um, and he was in contact with the Turkish newspapers. So I would send my photos a couple of times to them. And that was just more of like, just again, at this point, I just wanted like A, to tell the story. And I wasn't really thinking of the money side because I was also so new to it and obviously super naive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think what happens is, again, don't quote me on this, I could be completely wrong, but you, if you hashtag your photos, they get in contact with you like, hey, can we use this photo? And I think they would buy the photo off you depending on how much they want the photo but okay noted noted just to let you know yeah. so um, <laughs> you sure go get your cameras and go hashtag the bbc news and go see what's going on <laughs> also, yeah. to be honest aaron has good photography skills like if, if you need a photographer around for whatever picture not not that i ever utilize this functionality but aaron is one of the people that will make sure the photo is actually good after getting nice. credit Nice. That is good. You need those people, honestly. I I, ca- I actually got that vibe when you were doing the photo for the for the the gram, as people say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you were like, "Oh, that's awful." I was like, "Oh, let's." That gives me another side. Try and get my. <laughs> <laughs> like, you obviously know what he's telling. Talking yeah, about. but it's, it's, it's awkward when you don't have when you're the good photographer, and then your <laughs> friends aren't as good, and then you want to get a photo of yourself. Uh, and it's like, oh god. Yeah. Uh, I, I, know, I was just gonna say, like, I remember San Francisco, so that's where my profile picture comes from, right? So when he asked me to do it for him, it was a shambles. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, the, say. gonna I was gonna tangent slightly. I always used to wonder, like, do you know when you have like Red Nose Day and these like charity like shows on TV and then they go off to like a poorer like area or poorer country? Yeah. And then get like videos and like photos of like kids who aren't like or like quite not well off yeah and i'm always wondering like when they're taking that they have like this like bbc or something would have like a massive crew with them and they're just like videoing like some poor kid families that are like in need for water or like suffering and then they've just got like i assume like a really expensive camera with them and like nice clothes and everything and like how that like how that how does it looks? Do you know what's been bothering me recently, Aaron? Yeah, is that when they go here, you know how they usually t- put all this makeup and lighting on for um, people so they look good in pictures or whatever, yeah? Do they mm. do that to those kids as well? Because this has been bothering me recently. Like, do they, like, know they're yeah. suffering then to go ahead and put makeup on it just so that it looks better for the video slash pictures? Oh, I, I mean, I, I personally, definitely don't. I, I don't think they do. I don't think, because then they'll need like a makeup artist out there and stuff. and that's yeah. so unethical if, if that even got out that like, the bbc on sky news did that everyone would be like but we, can you really put it past them like i don't know i used to watch these things and i was like mate just sell your camera that you've got right now and just give it to the kid yeah like, <laughs> i know i i totally i've thought this like so many times it is like those water aid adverts and they're like can you help and you're there like oh like but if i was there i would have done something and that leads yeah. to a lot of the discussions that like I ha- i've had like so many of these as um like again what, what i don't know what your guys thoughts are but it's if you're in a situation and i mean there's a thing now actually because everyone's a journalist because everyone's got their phone so we're all civil journalists oh wait, is that a name is that a oh, term civil journalist. CV. civil oh. journalist I think, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so certain but you know when someone asks you and it, it's going somewhere i'm like i don't know actually don't quote me but yeah because of everyone being able to like film and stuff like that there's a, a thing so if you saw someone in danger or get arrested by a police officer and you knew they were in the um you knew the the person who was getting arrested did no, no, nothing wrong at all do you either record it or do you go and jump in over to you guys in this situation i usually never have my phone out so like i'm not going to be this person but you you can get your phone out of your pocket put yourself in the shoes um yeah that's what i would do it depends what's what's <laughs> happening like if i got involved realistically would i be able to do anything oh it depends on the oh it's 
that's, that's what I'd probably be thinking in my that's head. That's what you'd be thinking. So and then, then by the time I thought about it, it's probably happened and I've like fucked it. So then I'll, I say, adding something to the story, you can explain to the officers what actually happened. You can help jump in. What are your thoughts? You either film it and, <laughs> bro- and it gets broadcasted to the world or do you jump in and also at the back of your head, you might have people behind you who also might be filming. What are your hmm. thoughts there? First of all, no face, no case. So I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like... <sighs> This is a sticky one. I feel like I'm more likely to step in than take out my phone and record. I think instinct to step in. My phone isn't like, I don't even use social media as it's meant to be used. So am I going to go record a situation happening or am I going to step in? I think step in is more likely. Right, you're going for step in. Instinct, I'd be like, my instinct would be to go to step in. Mm-hmm. But I feel like after I've taken a few steps in the step in, I'd be like, okay, recording it would be the smarter move. The thing is, I've stepped into maybe not situations like this, but it I've stepped be in before, just off instinct. So, like, I feel like I'm always going to end up stepping in unless something drastic happens and I somehow change that. But yeah, I'm assuming in my head the instance like someone's beating up someone. That's kind of the yeah. scenario I'm thinking of. Or it could be. Let's imagine if you're in a protest. Let's use the protest as a scenario, and they just want to clear people out because it's causing so much disruption, and you see a person get grabbed and they were minding their own business and they all of a sudden you could see them getting arrested i think the smart move there would be like recording maybe to record it and like get in their face and be like hey why are you arresting this person or something like question them on it but then everyone obviously if you see the social media comments on that stuff everyone's if you like step why in, you what are you it? gonna do what are you gonna yeah. do by stepping in no well you can't step like, in against the police like, that's just that's just your own death sentence right there not death sentence but you know like yeah i get you like that one you have to record like right it's not like it's just a normal matter that's happening without the police that you're stepping into that's an interesting one isn't it what would you do i should take a photo then step in i'll take a photo hashtag the guardian <laughs> and then step in <laughs> um gotta get up the portfolio i would in that situation and i think a lot comes into it so i think personally i'm more likely not to get arrested compared to a guy so I feel like if I step in, I could be seen as this like just this girl trying to help, and it should never be. A, it shouldn't be a gender thing, but we live in a world where like mm-hmm. you know an officer is more likely to probably arrest the guy next to me than me. Like that's how I what I believe anyway. I agree with that. So I would personally step in. I, I would like to think I would step in because there's a lot of lots of different things. I, I've been in situations where I'm like, oh, and it, it is like you just don't really know. But I like to think I'd step in. And I would forget about taking the photo unless it started getting really out of hand. I would start recording just as a as a form of evidence of what's happening. But I would personally step in and say, this is the situation that's going on. But that's because like, I feel like I'm one of those people that can go up and I don't look like I'm a threat. Not that you know, the police yeah. will judge me on my look straight away. They're like, oh, like well, who's this like little kid? Like, I'm like actually 24. Who are you calling child? <laughs> <laughs> I was um, gonna say, you reminded me of Dua Lipa like earlier. Like I, I don't really? know why. Oh my god, I got that um, early. I actually got, <laughs> that helps my little ego. It's so small that someone once said that before. I actually had a phase at uni then that everyone would call me Cara Delevingne. I always, if I've pronounced her name right, I always forget her. I think that's a good pronunciation. Yeah. I mean, I don't ask me for pronunciation. <laughs> I'm awful <laughs> pronunciation. I'm, I'm happy that I was able to say pronunciation without messing that up, actually. <laughs> I've been trying to figure out for like 10 minutes. I'm like, 
who who do you remind me of? And I'm like, oh shit, Dua Lipa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely taking that. <laughs> but yeah, so that was the situation. I mean, I could I feel like I could throw you guys some more ethical things. I'm always so curious about what people think they they would do, and I think it links back to what we we're just talking about. Um, about you know, you're out in like the Middle East and you're filming, and you're like, but I could help this kid. Like, I and then it comes into the matter of there's a thing saying you can't disrupt, I don't want to say the documentary or the footage, but you can't disrupt the issue that you're filming because then okay. you're getting in the way of human, like, you know, it's that saying like humans versus nature type of thing. You should just leave it. But I'm kind of one of those people where if I saw someone in any form of danger or anyone like starving or anyone like uncomfortable in any form of way, I can never just sit back and let that happen. I would just say to the crew, personally, this is what I would like to think I would do. I would say, just you know, get a, a whatever shot you want to get. But while you're doing that, I'm going to go and like get some fresh water mm. for these kids because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to live with myself just thinking I filmed and then like walked away. I'd have to do mm-hmm. something there and then. And if someone says something about it, I'm like, I don't care. We're human beings at the end of the day. Like uh, a human is worth more than a film to me. I say that like. Yeah. I say that now, someone's listening, be like, well, we're not going to hire her. And I'm like, I'll do it. I don't even know. I'll spray yeah. anyone into the bed. <laughs> no, the thing is, yeah, the thing is, you're probably carrying like a few spare extra bottles anyway. So, like, what's the harm in just giving one so they, they can have exactly it. And one exactly. easier day than the next, at least, whilst you're there. I, I was also going to say, like, did you ever see the video during the Black Lives Matter protest where the police was trying to arrest uh, this a random like black teenager in America. And they were basically all pointing guns at him. He was unarmed with his hands up. I think he was on, already on his knees. And then a white teenager, I believe, female, stepped in the middle. Oh, he stood in front. That's kind of what I was also thinking at this matter. As a thing where it's like, use your white priv- privilege as a barrier in the sense of yeah. if you're at a Black Lives Matter march or you see anything happening in the form of racism and you're white, step in and be the barrier for that person. So I think Very that was a movement that started from that, which is so like heartwarming to see people actually forming and holding hands of barriers. Yeah. And you just see loads of white people holding hands of barriers and then the marchers who are non-white behind them. It's just like so beautiful to see humans coming together no matter where they come from. Yeah. And the mugs who were bringing like assault rifles and so on to those um, marches. And like one, I remember one came in like a, they drove in a standard American truck. They just had their guns out, like aiming at people. But then everyone just suddenly grouped up and then rushed him and absolutely like literally beat him to the ground, took away his weapon. And then obviously police stepped in afterwards. And then people were like, oh, they shouldn't have hit him so hard. They could have killed him. I'm like, at that point, he deserved it. Yeah. Like that's just my. If anyone, I always find like, People like that, that, you know, I feel like a lot in the protests you get um, a lot of like American, white Americans or like just white people in general go into like, they cover their face up so you actually can't see them at all and they cause mayhem and people are like, oh my God, look at these Black Lives Matter. It's actually, it's actually, no, that's actually a white person. That's a white person that is like bashing through windows and everything just to say it's actually people who are non-white. Yeah. I was going to say as well, if you do actually have any of these other ethical questions that we don't get to answer on air or speak about, just send them over to us and we'll credit you every time we actually ask it on air. <laughs> would it? Would it? I'll yeah. send like my whole list. I'm like, I've actually got a spreadsheet. <laughs> oh yeah, similar to ours. We'll just add it to ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's a very much 
I feel like it's really hard to say what you would do in that situation unless you've like been in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think with a police matter, it's really tricky, you know, like stepping in between a police. Like, it's just too sticky. It's just too sticky. And as you said, like, I guess where you can use white privilege to your advantage to step in. That's exactly it. Yeah. Totally. Totally that. I think you've nailed it on the head really there. I think that, I think it's important to like see, I think that the most people that annoy me is kind of the people that like, I don't see color. I don't see people as white or brown. I'm like, that's so silly. Like that is like such a privileged thing to say. And I think it goes back to the ethical questions, like out of myself and you guys, you you might have the back of the head be like, oh, I don't know if I do want to step in the police, in front of the police, because I feel unsafe because at the moment this is like about racism and I don't want them to attack me. Whereas I would use my white privilege and go up to them and be like, can you not? <laughs> can you can you kind of let that let, let that person go, please? Or like, you know, try and calm the situation. I like to think anyway. Again, like there and then, it's so daunting. Seem you know, police come out of all their kit. It is actually the most terrifying thing at times. I've been there where I'm like, oh, fuck. Mm, yeah. I think I'll have to like clean shave. So I look about 12 again. <laughs> and then use that. They'll be like, oh, who's this cute little kid? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's Alan. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the podcast. Third rule. <laughs> I was going to say like, to be honest, yeah, I never had a good like impersonation of the police because they never really helped around in our area as it was. They left it. Yeah. So. I never had a good impression of the police even going into uni or before Black Lives Matter thing happened anyway. So I was just like, it's literally, it's just being kind of like, I guess, glamorized now. But when, yeah. when in reality, it's been, there's a lot more factors to a lot more things as well. Like a lot of the things around the crime is also because the government actually like cut so many funds for the policing. Exactly. And then that leads to the areas that get unpoliced, which are usually the lower income ones because who cares about them right afterwards? Yeah. And yeah, to a Tory government, it will never matter. So exactly. it's like all these factors kick in, but people, I don't know. I feel like they also fail to see the bigger picture. Like, and when you tell people, people are like kind of don't believe in that. They probably do come. I'm like, nah, they don't. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the reasons, for example, like I have CCT outside my house because there's no point. Like, because the police will never do anything. But if I at least catch their face, yeah. you know, then if we had to, for example, use the police, then the face is on the camera. Whereabouts, whereabouts do you live? I live in Northwest London. So it's near Stonebridge. Where is that near? And it's near Wembley. Oh, I, I so, okay. Yeah, Wembley I, Park. Yeah, is the flushed um, where they flushed yeah. all the money in. Yeah, I <laughs> we had the our whores were there, and we, so I lived in Northwest London as well for my yeah. whole uni. So, I, yeah, I get how, but yeah. it must be it's different growing up in it because I was only there for like four years. I was able to leave if I wanted to leave. Yeah, the student accommodation is in is right next to Wembley Stadium, right? That you're talking about. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the area they flushed the money into. I came back from uni and I was like, wait, what's happened here? Yeah, and then I was like. They put some serious money in. I, I said this, I remember when I, me and Ira went to watch Wembley Cup or something. I was like, bro, I don't rem- Like what you're seeing here is not what I remember all these years. And obviously I still don't live like right next to it, but it's yeah. within range. They all flush. I recently I saw a new set of housing blocks put up. So that's actually quite nice. Oh, that is quite nice. It's interesting to see what they do in different boroughs of London. And it, it goes back to the whole point of like, if it's a wealthy borough, it's more likely to get, you know, looked after better and police are going to be you know more maybe more efficient in those areas and you know it's interesting that you could drive five minutes down the road and you're in a place where you know it might be more a bit well looked after Mm. and stuff it's kind of yeah slightly back towards the camera stuff do you think we'd ever have a point where we just always have a camera like 
wear glasses. I know there's there's been like Google Glass and stuff where you got like a camera in the glass, but it looks a bit ugly. <laughs> but like situations, maybe sometime in the future where we're all where we have like a camera on us all the time. Can you ever see that? Yeah, I, it's very Black Mirror. That is, I feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you mean like in so without having our phone or just like? Yeah, but I guess glasses is obvious. Like I don't know how you do it without glasses, to be honest. But. Wait, what happened to the snapshot glasses? I swear there were snapshot glasses. What happened to those? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what happened to those. Actually, I think, I think again, they, they just looked ugly. I think so. Like in that situation, I guess you just got to step in. If you've already got like the glasses on, yeah, and I you're mean, recording yeah, yeah. it anyway. Oh, but then that goes down a whole another route. That means you're recording your whole live constantly. They could have just started the live yeah. stream. Like maybe there's a button start insta live or something, and then walk in. So on, even if they turn off your thing. Insta Live would have the video and it would be just there set in stone on your profile. Would you guys wear those glasses? If they ever came no. out, no. Aaron, I think would. Is it is it recording it all the time or recording it? You can choose, but I mean, it, that goes down the road, like our phones are constantly hearing Listening. what we're saying. Yeah. It, you know, it constantly has data being input from what we're doing and saying. I, I wouldn't be like, my answer isn't like, no. Interesting. So, Mine is no because I don't like being online. That it's much. not. It's not like definite yes either. But yeah. I wouldn't be. I might try it. Yeah, it's interesting. You guys, you guys, are quite opposite, aren't you? Yeah, in that sense. Yeah. Because like, if you, yeah, I'm just not like because I'm not a picture person or that kind of that that kind of stuff didn't matter before. But I understand that uni, it was a lot different, and I guess at uni then that's when I kind of started to understand a bit. I don't know, like. Like there's probably there's not many serious pictures of me out there, apart from the podcast, I guess. But even on the podcast, because because on the online one, I can kind of hide my face a lot more. Yeah, I might do that a lot more. But don't please have like body cams now. Anyway, they so. can turn them on and off. Yeah, basically, yeah, they turn them on and off, but they have to tell you when they're turning them on. From what I've heard, so before if they're like, yeah, they they will say to you, "I'm turning my camera on now." Ideally, it should mm-hmm. always be on in their case, but you know. Yeah, I mean. It should be because then you have the before and after and before drawing and after type of thing. So it's not just them being like, yeah, we're turning it on now because this is what we're seeing. It's like, but you've just missed out the biggest part of the whole story type of thing. Yeah. Maybe I just need to buy it. I need to practice and buy a GoPro and just like wear it around. Oh my God, you totally should. You, I, t- I did that for every single day for the first year of uni and you capture some. Really? Yeah. yeah. I oh, just you know, I think Liana yeah. told us about that and I remember watching like a video. I don't know if it was on YouTube or something. Like she showed like a video or something. Oh, do you like it? <laughs> I, I don't remember. It. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically just like every day. It was like a montage, wasn't it? Like an everyday montage. I don't know how long it was. I don't think it was for one year. Um, it was like a month. So every month yeah. I'd like release a new video. I say it like I'm like this whole YouTube vlogger. <laughs> I like, I literally, it was yeah. my mum and my dad watching it for me and gaining my views. <laughs> what is your channel? Um, I actually don't use my that channel anymore. So... Oh, my well, in is- that case, subscribe to Third Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in that case, so <laughs> Yeah, I'll push you guys towards them. Um, but it's all about my Instagram. But <laughs> um, yeah, you can plug it, by the way. Don't, don't be afraid. I, can, I could plug it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, It'll be yeah. in the description as well. It's usually, I feel like uh, when I ever put a video or something out there, my mum's constantly sharing it out on, fa- uh, on her Facebook and stuff. And like, I'm pretty sure she'll just watch it from like six o'clock till midnight, just on repeat. So the f- likes and everything go up, like the views go up. Oh, that's that's dedication. That's dedication. That's good. Like, look at what my baby's yeah. been doing. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not your baby, but also thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think my mum started that with the podcast and now we're 52 episodes in. 
long gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do it in the beginning when they're like, oh, this is so exciting. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. How did you like get into all this, like uh, the media stuff in the first place? Um, it all started, um, well, really long time ago. So it was first year of A-levels. And I didn't get the results I wanted. I may have probably messed around a bit too much in the first year of A-levels because um, maybe too much freedom and, and having lots of free periods where your friends, especially like one of our best friends, Grace, shouts, Grace, she's amazing. Um, <laughs> um, I'll get to listen to her, right? <laughs> um, and we like probably would mess around too much, but she passed and went on and did really well. And I did not. So I thought uh. maybe I need to change my angle. And I kind of bluffed to my mum. I was having a bit of a, hit, a hitty fit, like, oh, so, so stupid. <laughs> and she was like, oh, baby, you can't help that. <laughs> Stop calling me baby. I'm 18. <laughs> she goes, well, why don't you go to Loughborough College? And I was like, oh, like, yeah, fine, fine. I'll go to Loughborough College. And then next thing I know, I'm driving to Loughborough College with my mum and I'm there signing up to a media course. And I was like, I was so bluffing. I want to spend another, the last year with all my friends before everyone goes to uni. Like, oh my God. And she yeah, was it's like, such well, a joke, mum. <laughs> I was literally just bluffing. I was just having a really bad tantrum. God. <laughs> and I was signed up. And then next thing, like two days later, I started Loughborough College doing a media course. And it then started, funny enough, I walked into the classroom and I met one of my best friends till this day called Ryan. Shout out, Ryan, if you're listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) People can't see the video, but she's like doing like this. I don't know how you describe it, like trying to like make the voice echo. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that should be the the screenshot, like. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And basically, uh, he sat next to me and we started talking and he was really into like his photography. But this was all new to me. I came from like a a school where it just focused a lot on like a science. Um, I did do drama for a bit, which was like fun in itself. Also, (laughs) another shout out to my drama teacher who did all my coursework (laughs) for me, by the way. (laughs) Um, Still failed, but thank you anyway. Um, (laughs) uh, Drama teacher did all your coursework and you failed? Yeah, well, no, she actually, she made me pass that bit. Actually, drama was like the only thing I passed because I remember there's only two of us in the class and one of the girls was sick one day and my teacher goes, so what do you want to do today? Do you want to focus on your coursework? And like, I'm, re- I'm quite dyslexic. I'm super dyslexic. I, I probably have a reading age of like a 10 year old till this day. Just not to spell my name, really. Yeah, that's a joke, by the way. <laughs> Liana's probably listening. Actually, no, she's so thick. <laughs> that is so accurate. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, my drama teacher basically wrote my coursework out for me. And she, we talk it through. She's like, so do you think this? I was like, whatever will get me an A. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, that, that, that story, I guess, about the, the driver's side. And then the girl was sick the next day. And I was like, fucking ace. <laughs> Going to get all my coursework done by her. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so back to my amazing friend, Ryan. He basically taught me everything I knew. He, it, it should, I should say the college taught me everything. But no, like we'd get up at like 5am and go do time lapses of Luffer and Lesson. Uh. We'd go watch the, all the sunsets and the sunrises and we'd get, you know, flares or we'd go to like random walks and just take our cameras with me. And he was teaching me so much about how documentary and just how you can capture life in such an amazing w- way and form. And 
yeah, so we would constantly go on photography adventures. We'd go into abandoned buildings. We'd take like paints and stuff and like create some form of like videos. And that's how like it all began. And then we just became a great team. Like we work till this day, we work really well together. But he got me into everything. And if I ever get a BAFTA or an Oscar, which hopefully I do, and my mum will share the hell out of that, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I would always, that'd be the first name I mentioned is definitely Ryan would be the first person no matter what like he got me into everything and yeah that's really nice emotional yeah <laughs> I could him up big time. <laughs> yeah i don't know where to go from that tribute to ryan we'll, we'll bring ryan on and he's gonna be like yeah, <laughs> yeah. i told katie everything but she didn't give me enough credit <laughs> yeah. like, who's katie <laughs> you mentioned like you kind of gone more into tech like more recently the yeah. more tech side of stuff how did that develop so yeah, that developed basically, uh, it's a kind of cliche story, but I'm just going to say it anyway. So we had our third year of uni and in our third year of uni, you have, you have your practical projects. So you can choose whatever you want to do. People choose film, photography, interactive media. And I really, really wanted to do something that would firstly be significant in the way of people would experience something and they would walk away and be like, oh, okay, that's, you know, I, I've learned something different and I'm going to make action of some sort. So I was kind of collating all my photography that I've done over the years and the experiences of being like in uncomfortable situations when I've been like taking photos, um, protests or just like being out and about, like filming and everything. So I thought, how would I ever get someone to experience anything where it feels more immersive? And I woke up because I had a dream <laughs> and the dream basically incre- uh, included being... <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Basically being in someone else's shoes and being able to do that through virtual reality. So I woke up, as cliche as it sounds, I don't know if I've got it in this book, but this is usually my little diary that I'm waving on the camera for those who are obviously listening to third wheel, hashtag third wheel. Love that, love that. I've got you boys. (laughs) Yes. And I basically, I think, I think I probably just sketched something out in here, probably. And then I was like, oh, I need to do something like VR, immersive. And then I obviously went down the route of doing something about autism because my oldest brother's got autism. And I'm really, really for changing people's perspectives of how they see people. And I really wanted to people. I really wanted to get people to understand what it's like to be autistic and that's from someone who isn't on the spectrum so it was very tricky for me to be like I want to make this but I can't make it without having solid research and also being in the mind of someone who is on the spectrum and who experiences sensory overload so that's when I had a couple of friends who helped me get involved uh, got involved with like the research slides they were on the spectrum and I'd have so many conversations and questionnaires going left right and center and then it ended me creating a sensory overload experience of someone in a school and how they can find lights and sounds and different types of things really overwhelming to say the least and so I created a VR VR video of this but then I thought it's just a video it's still the same as a documentary like it's Hmm. still the same thing I want to be able to actually push it so then I created a haptic feedback suit which basically when you put the VR headset on you have like a you have a mix of like cross documentaries. So you have interviews that I create, uh, that I had, but um, then I had to get like actors to do the voiceovers themselves, like for like ethical bits and bobs. Yeah. So then I, I it started like that and then it transitions into the scene of being in a school corridor and everyone 
coming out of the classroom and it gets really overwhelming and it teaches someone how to deal it teaches two different things so the the first thing is if you're the person who's overwhelmed it teaches you breathing exercises and how to calm and just reground yourself and then also teaches you if you're with someone who's feeling overwhelmed how to actually reground them and how to get them to focus on you and to get them to do some breathing exercises and as that was happening in the video you have a heartbeat which I it was a very DIY suit I must say it was practically like a speaker here and I'd be pressing like a big red button on this on my desk and be like okay it felt like a rocket was exploding so this it would like start a heartbeat would start vibrating really quickly really quickly so then you get really anxious like because you're there like and it's a really busy video and then you have a um again so DIY but you know when you go to the doctor so you get your blood pressure taken yeah. Yeah, I took that and put it basically round the stomach. So then air would start tightening, basically uh, okay. to me. So it would like tightening your body a little bit. Yeah. And this is all while they're like immersed in the yeah, so virtuality stuff. Yeah, exactly. That was so this is while they're all immersed and then they'd come out the other end. So my idea was to really physically put someone in the shoes who might find things a bit harder in certain situations. Yeah, that's actually about so wait so this is actually released like it's live so people can use it on vr so yeah it's live in the sense of people can watch the video but i guess you can call it a location-based experience so i would have to like set the suit up for people if we want that aspect of it it is an ongoing it's an ongoing passion project big time i'm constantly finding new ways how i can make it into an app how i can distribute it in schools because my goal is to make a toolkit like a toolkit for those who experience sensory overload and be able to send it out to schools with a headset with a suit which isn't as clunky as mine i, I was just looking around like where is it right now but it's probably packed away <laughs> in my room somewhere not as clunky so they have the video they have the toolkit and they have the suit and teachers would you know understand a bit more of what autism is i'd also want that to be in workspaces as well I just realized that you meant that they would actually wear the suit and not you. I thought you wore the suit so you could make the VR thing inside it and make them feel like the vision of it. I didn't realize that you meant that you actually made a, literally a suit that they'll wear. A literal suit, yeah. No, it was, it was okay. a suit, yeah. It took a... Yeah. I can honestly say I could definitely not take all the credit for the suit making. Hashtag, no, Jake, I'm not going to do that. I had a lot of a lot of help a lot of help from a few people sewing it until midnight actually 3 a.m and i would definitely like one of the, uh, a girl that i was seeing at the time really lovely person she stayed up to about 3 a.m 4 a.m with me sewing the suit and really like big up to that <laughs> <laughs> thing is all these people now you're mentioning they're gonna feel left out that you haven't shouted them out. I know, literally yeah. like, <laughs> on my BAFTA speech i sit in bed at times thinking if i do win a BAFTA and oscar I need to make sure I cover all bases for this reason. But then I was mm. like, no, I'm sorry. Like, I, there's only so many people I can give a shout out to. <laughs> yeah, third wheel's first on the list. <laughs> yeah, <third wheel. laughs> I'm like, third wheel and my nano. <laughs> Stormzy, this is like really not, this is associated to the acceptance speech, but not, we'll come back to the VR stuff. Yeah, I love Stormzy, he, he, did, he did like, I don't know if it was like a song or an acceptance speech or anything, but he just started naming like every kind of like grime rapper. Yeah in the uk like and it was like so many names and he was just doing it like off the top of his head i was like what if you left out like one person you know what i mean yeah. have you seen h do it as well h done, has done it multiple times on interviews and stuff as well so do they leave anyone out like they must have 
being this, imagine being that person. They're like, yeah. they're probably yeah. there, look at the camera, like, oh my god, oh my god, he's gonna show me out, and they're good. Exactly. Like, yeah. Everybody yeah. have a good one. And they're like, oh, <laughs> this always happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you have to rate it though. Like they're trying to give everyone credit. Yeah, yeah, as rate much it, as, but... as much as they can in the spot, because on that on that spot, it must be like so much pressure. Like everything just it must go in and out of your head so quick, and it's so easy to to flop that. Oh, totally, totally. Now, yeah. you know, if I ever do an acceptance speech, third wheel is always going to be in my head now. I can see it already. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. everybody else, everyone that <laughs> like, helped me get where I am. I'm like, uh, yeah. um, thank you, third wheel, for that podcast we did in 2020. <laughs> um, I know it's 2030, and if you're still doing it now, but I really appreciate yeah. it. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I was gonna say if you forget us, we're just yeah, we were just gonna edit we were just gonna edit it in and then that's what I was gonna it'll just be a custom one if you forget us, we'll just edit it in. We've had enough clips from this episode, we'll just edit in over the video yeah. and no Well you say if you listen to that episode, then you'll get your thanks on the episode. So it's like a indirect <laughs> and indirect thanks. Very but anyway, back to the VR stuff kind of thing. So like me and Hamish are like both computer scientists. So like in fourth year for us we had like a fourth year project like a final project and there was a group doing like vr stuff it was baxel's group yeah yeah but that's like a lot of or to us anyway it seems like a lot of like computer science stuff a lot of coding and all that um did you do like much of that no i really wish i did touch on the coding side just because like my job now is full of projects which we build with c sharp and i've had to not that i am a coder in any form but i understand how things were I understand like if I have to manage someone I understand what they're doing but yeah I know code kind of my brain but I've opened <laughs> things up where I'm like I'll just have a quick look and I look at it and I'm like okay I need about an hour <laughs> and I'll find out where someone put that fucking dash <laughs> no that that doesn't yeah even I might be like that sometimes as well that's because yeah, no, I know like I've no do, I remember that. trying to make something once I don't know if you guys have had this thing you're like why why isn't it not working? Like how I've literally just, I've literally done everything to the document and it's just a stupid full stop at the end. You're like every day, every day. <laughs> I was actually doing it earlier today. So earlier today I was just writing something. I couldn't figure out why something going to do it. And I realized I used the wrong name. So it was just doing the old thing over and over again. No, I was just going to say, I'm like the person that's always like in the background. I prefer being in the background and not being like the, what do you say? I don't like to be the, the front. The front. Yeah. The face. Yeah. Let, let Aaron be the face. No one wants to see that face anyway. I know fine. people can't see this at the moment, but I can, it's literally exactly how they've just said it. Like, he looks <laughs> like dark and in the background, you could just see his silhouette and it's quite eerie, but he seems like a nice guy, so I'm not like, scared of it. And he, and Aaron's just there, like, got <laughs> lighting, you know, up, everything. <laughs> so you mentioned like that project was mainly focused around autism. Yeah. And do you say you have your brother has it? Yeah, my yeah, my brother. I always make it really clear to people that um, I make awareness of the topic, but I'm not obviously per- a person to be the head of the the channel yeah. of those on the spectrum because I, I don't know how it feels. I, I I understand how it feels to experience like some form of like sensory overload in like really loud situations. Like it can, yeah, I've, I've experienced that before where I'm like, oh my god, this is super intense. So sensory overload, what, what do you like mean by so sensory, sensory overload? overload is basically you're overwhelmed with, you know, let's just say you're walking down the corridor like you are in my video yeah. and you hear like classrooms and doors shutting, you're overwhelmed by like the noise and you can get overwhelmed with bright lights or glitchy lights or anything like that. Um, it just becomes very you know, intense and you're over- overwhelmed by the situation. And people who are on the spectrum, many of them, not all of them, 
that quite a few people experience sensory overload and it's very common. Also, one thing I did want to point out also on this topic that when I read up on the NHS thing earlier, I didn't think people believed this specific part, but I guess people do because they had to write, write it explicitly. So they said that it's not caused by the MMR vaccine. So like, don't think about not taking the MMR vaccine because of yeah. that. I'm like, I can't believe people believe that. Like in the first place, enough that you had to write it down as a statement here. Yeah, it's a bit, it's an ongoing debate, actually. Like I, having like doing multiple projects to do with like people on the spectrum, I like look into all these different things, but the argument about the vaccine is still going. Um, it's baffling. I mean, there's so many reasons of where people, where, where autism comes from. You know, it could be genetic. It could be, you know, it, sometimes it could be down to the, their birth that might trigger it and that's kind of my own kind of thoughts and opinions from the stories I've heard from other people it's not um probably I don't know if there's any studies about that but you know I had a colleague who when their baby was born their their, their head was shaped as a rugby ball and he he laughed about it when he, t- he told me about it because it was like it was like Stewie from uh, Stewie from Family Guy and I was like okay <laughs> I was like, but the kid actually got his head reshaped at such a young age and the doctor said this this actually prevents something to do with it, prevents autism or something along those lines. Like it, because they're reshaping the skull, they're like moving the brain around and there's some form of science. This is why I'm more the content yeah. creator and not the, the science researcher behind it. <laughs> I would be so scared to let my child undergo that kind of operation. Like I'll be. They do it awake. It's so interesting. So what happens is, and the doctor basically just like squidges the head. And the first time the, the kid is like crying and like uncomfortable. And then they go back for the second session and the, the kid's laughing and enjoying. It's like, oh, this is like, haha. Like, it's so interesting how reshaping someone's head at such a young age could prevent certain things down down the road, I guess. I never knew that was you know, the thing. I thought like that was too risky to perform. Like for me, just based on my knowledge, I thought that would be just too risky to perform on a child, something like of that nature. Totally get it. Yeah. So I mean, this is just like ongoing stuff that I hear and talk, and because I'm, I always ask loads of people so many different questions when it comes to like all these type of things. But yeah, I, again, I don't, I don't know how much like people would know about autism. Some people know a lot. I don't know how much you guys might know. Like you might have friends or family and things like that. Yeah, I was thinking like. Yeah, I actually don't know much, if anything, at all on it. I'm aware it exists, but I've never done research. Yeah. And I know it does affect certain... Wait, so... I don't, I'm don't. i unaware of specific family members, but I know, like, family members of friends, for example. But, yeah, I don't dig into the topic because I'm not sure what people are comfortable with speaking about. Or, like, if I'm curious enough, I should probably Google it before asking them in the first place. So, yeah. that's my logic. I, th- I think so. I think it's like... I always gauge the room of... Because I can enter a room and I will know straight away if someone's on the spectrum. And that's just because like my older brother's on the spectrum and also I've got like friends with brothers and uncles who are on the spectrum. I feel like I've got a huge kind of circle of people around me who are like autistic. And I feel like I can enter a room and I'll be like, okay, I've gauged it. And then sometimes I like to ask families questions about it, but it depends how close I am. It depends on the, the situation, the room, just because I'm, I'm such a curious person and I'm one of those people where I'm like, correct me if I'm using the wrong terms, the wrong, what I'm saying is just like quite harsh because, you know, mm. you don't realize until someone pulls you up on things. But curiosity can be like the most 
Right, like kind of the nicest thing to go about a topic like this, I find. You know, it's actually about Leona actually said always ask questions because in an episode like don't make it out to be like they're trying to offend someone they may not know, they may want to learn or something. So that's actually a I, mad reference. Yeah, I heard. Like, I literally, as soon as she said that, um, I actually have text messages uh, that I was sending to Liana as I was listening to it. And yeah, that was one of the things. I think wasn't it to do with how a girl said like, oh, do you eat curry every day or something? And that was yeah. the thing. and you know some people are like oh that's like really racist but yeah Liana's also one of those people where we embrace those questions you know there's a lot of times where people might say problematic things about you know the gay community and like oh I'm part of that and I don't get upset because I'm there like well just talk about it like if you say something problematic to me I'm never going to turn around and get upset about it because I'm just going to be like oh maybe not use that term or I'm just going to tell you like oh this is the this is why or something yeah. I, I don't do well with when people shoot people down, when they say something wrong, I'm not for that. I'm more like, you know, it's just having an open yeah. conversation about it. Yeah. Always the correct terminology when it comes to like autism. Because you've said like on the spectrum I a lot. I'm saying on the spectrum. I yeah. feel like that's my safest one because there's different terms like um, you've got Asperger's, autism. Mm. But by saying on the spectrum, you cover everything. It's like the word, like people use the word queer a lot these days to just define people's sexuality is like oh they're queer because you actually don't know who they are what they are all this stuff excuse the word queer which one is queer targeted at like i have no idea queer is like an umbrella term it's like an umbrella okay. term for like the whole like lgbtq plus community type of thing so like yeah use the word queer. it's kind of a, a word that's been claimed back at the moment because queer used to be like kind of like oh they're queer like in the probably 80s maybe 70s so it was kind of more like a, a harsher term but now it's being brought back people yeah yeah you also said like when you go into a room you can tell if somebody's like on the spectrum but isn't the whole like point of a spectrum being like you can get like people who like it ranges like people can have it like really strong some aspects really strongly in some aspects yeah can hardly tell how can like isn't can't you find people that it's like really hard to like tell or it's always just like something i just uh i i think just because i i know the different like types of like extreme to non-extreme type of people on the spectrum mm-hmm. and if that is even the right terminology but again it's you know you don't know until people correct you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I just I, it's like this weird it's like this sense this like sense that's inside me I'm like oh, I think I'm on the spectrum but I'm also one of those people that if I enter a room and I see anyone feeling like uncomfortable like a bit like overwhelmed I kind of like put my interest into them and be like okay like I just want to make sure this person's okay even though I have no idea who they are I just want to go up to them and just like kind of be like if they're like oh I'm yeah, oh that light's bright I'll, I'll normalize it and be like yeah it's so bright like even I'm finding it like type of thing so I try and when I walk into it, I kind of want everyone to be like everyone's happy and everyone's safe it's everything's okay everyone don't you worry <laughs> you know I'm if anything happens it's gonna happen to me as well <laughs> That does not answer your question. I definitely. <laughs> Were you funny. ever like, you know, for the SU or like first aiders, like they have like these other helpers? Uh, yeah. you, have you ever signed up as one of these? Because I feel like you'd make such a great person to calm someone down in like any situation. Oh, uh, no, I probably should have, you know. I think, no, I, I generally wasn't. I think it's just in our nature. Like, Liana's also very like this. Like, a whole group is very. Um, caring yeah very caring there's this we, we've been laughing about this i thought you said scary this is book that i've been reading actually this week liana will laugh if she's listening to this right now uh, or when she does 
but it's called the highly sensitive person. And I got told about this from a friend this week. And there's this test about to see if you're highly sensitive. And everyone I sent to Liana and she got like you know a score where it shows you know some people are highly sensitive and stuff and it weighed up our group so well because we all are so aware about other people and how they're feeling and Liana is just like me in this sense like we can both walk into a room and if we see someone who's uncomfortable we we want to prevent any more like any more like anxiety going towards them so we just like get the sense where we're like oh let's go chat to them let's see how they're what they're doing or and then because we're so like bizarre characters ourselves they probably start thinking katie and liana they're so bizarre like what are they doing and saying so we just try and take that energy away from someone else and just make us look a bit like more ditzy i guess yeah but it's only learned the word ditzy today i really (laughs) (laughs) how how did you learn the word ditzy today Someone said that they're sometimes very intellectual or very ditzy. I'm like, what's ditzy? And I did, I'd never heard of the words. So I'm just like, that's mad that you're using that. The thing is, now, right now, I'm I'm like like trying to think of like early on when I met Leona or something. Like, did she speak to me? Because I was like... <laughs> <laughs> you were stressed out. <laughs> In a social situation, especially back then, I wouldn't be surprised, but... Oh, probably like well if you look a bit awkward or anxious she would have come over to you to like kind of check you're okay but also just like to befriend you you know she's very yeah that makes a lot of sense to be honest honest, i don't know probably she probably did i'm not gonna lie when you put it like that yeah i'm just like fuck (laughs) yeah she probably tried to make everything yeah she know like like i like we both we normalize I guess so she's stressed out and she's like it's with him <laughs> I wouldn't say stressed out but she probably saw that it was a bit awkward for me to probably I don't know may- maybe maybe that was probably the case but she I saw say no like one she- else liked you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say so a lot of it is to do a lot of your like the documentary stuff and this VR thing is is it around like just raising awareness like more awareness around uh, the topic yeah, so the the current projects I've I've put out there are just basically to make awareness to also make people understand what it's like from different perspectives. So there's a, a recent short documentary series I've done with hashtag Ryan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're learning the earliest uh, podcast, you'll get that reference. If not, you should go back and follow said wheel. So we, yeah, we made this like short documentary at the beginning of good old lockdown uh, about a parent's perspective. And so I used like, my mum's perspective, basically. And this time round, um, I wanted to spin it off instead of it being the person who's on the spectrum's their perspective. I want to spin it round for a parent to understand they're not on their own. So I basically created doc- documentary piece about what my mum's experience was bringing up Stephen and the experiences she had and this piece was mainly to be pushed out to parents and to teachers and to people who are carers for those on the spectrum and the things they might come across and I just basically every time I make a piece I want people to understand they're not on their own there are other people experiencing those things. There is outreach, and yeah, that's I guess that's the best way to summarize it. There are people out there that are going through this exact same thing as you. And if my pieces can help someone in that moment, and it's just one person for them to be like, oh, okay, this makes a bit more sense, then that's like a, that's a good. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I think like it also helps because I think a lot of people probably just assume it to be like a really bad thing. 
like when they hear it like it's manic in the 80s they put people who were autistic in you know they strapped white coats and put them in mental in mental health institutes it was it's bizarre because like my brother was born in the late 80s and 10 years if you know just yeah transition since the 80s to now and hearing my mum's stories like it's uh, it's heartbreaking to hear people and what they go through because people don't like how other people are acting because they're experiencing the world differently and people think oh, if they're not experiencing it how I'm experiencing it then that makes me feel uncomfortable it's like well no they're experiencing it because they're feeling differently so why why are you not embracing that like embrace that experience they're feeling and help them or and they can help you back by you know spreading more wisdom into each other's minds yeah I always used to become really confused when I was younger because you had people like people would use that as a term to like take the piss out of someone. Like they'd use it, like yeah. they'd call someone like, Oh, you're autistic or something like yeah. that. But I also heard like, you know, if you're autistic, you can be like really, be really intelligent as well at the same time. Yeah. So whenever that was like used, I was always a bit like, wait, that doesn't really make much sense. Yeah. No, I, I totally, totally get that. I think there's, there's a lot more uh, like programs and things out there that have been made lately for people to get probably a bit more educated in the sense of like not throwing those terms around but you're totally right there like it's like if someone called me autistic i'd be like fair like thank you (laughs) (laughs) i feel like they also i don't know if they teach it they probably teach people to like be kind at school and more and also teach some of these things like because i feel like i found out way too too late in life because obviously i knew no one else that experienced it or Mm. had it or so so like or was on the spectrum i guess is the correct way to say it so so like I would never have known. I I think on our school, yeah, you would have been bullied till you left or something like as well. That's that's how bad it would have been. Yeah, like I feel like it needs to be a little bit at least incorporated into education system so people can understand people are different, be kind to people, and most importantly, like try and understand a little bit about it. Because like yeah, until uni or so, or after I guess hearing some talks on it or whatever, I would have never even heard of it. Like at least in a different light, if that makes sense. I would have only heard of it in a derogatory term. Yeah, I guess if that's the way, way to put it. Yeah, it's interesting about you guys. I don't know anyone personally who's still in school. I don't have any younger siblings or younger cousins. I'm always interested to hear what what education's in school because when I was at school, we did not touch on the things that I needed to know about. Like, you know, there was nothing. There was not many outreach things. Like, I mean, in all fairness, we went to like a a Catholic school so it was more like if you need to reach out reach out to God we're like thank you sister um, <laughs> uh, now you know everything about the artist's life we went to yeah a school where there might have been some nuns <laughs> um, <laughs> oh there's a great story about Liana but I can't say it it's hilarious you guys uh, get told it it's so funny yeah. Liana's basically just going to kill us through <laughs> but I am going to say to like this is like a little indirect thing at Liana because you have to be listening to this but I'm not telling them the story about what happened at Lords. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> at Lords cricket ground? Mm. No, Lords. Lord. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I purposely put that joke in there. Okay, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> hmm, interesting. Well, I went to a couple of schools as well, and there was a, there were some trips to Lords. Oh really? So I, I know. I was going to say, imagine if you went when Niana went to went to Lords. I think I would have remembered that surely. You honestly. <laughs> You would. I will. I. You. You need to ask her about this story because Uh-oh. you understand why I'm saying that. You would know. <laughs> Is this like a standard Liana story, like of some sort? Yes. Okay. <laughs> even better. It's like my 
favourite story to hear if I'm having a bad day. <laughs> I'll just get her to tell me that story. It's hilarious. I'm going to actually ask her after the episode. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, so, what happened in Lords? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but that's really cool. The uh, the documentary you made uh, with your mum, where can people find that? Um, that is on my Instagram and on the uh, my IGTV, Katie Louise Mitch. Cool, awesome. I actually, I did watch a bit of that uh, before you started recording. I didn't realise it was your mum. Yeah, no, no, it's my mum, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I tried to, well, I mean, yeah, I try to keep it anon- not anonymous, but like, it's actually put, actually, which you'll probably refer to like me and Stephen, to be fair, but um, I totally recommend people giving that a watch and a like, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, you know, if you know anyone, and this is for anyone who's listened to the podcast, if you know anyone who's got a sibling or, or is a parent of a child who's on the spectrum, it can be... Like, it can be frustrating at times. You, it's not going to be one of those moments where like, oh, it's all like, like all happy all the time. Like my mum went through some really hard times and, you know, she lost a lot of friends because of it. She, you know, got people would not talk to her at the playground because of it, you know. That was that was a bit I listened to actually. And I was like, again, yeah, pretty emotional about yeah, it. Was, it was quite emotional. And, you know, my other brother's friends wouldn't be allowed to come over because, you know, oh, don't go around to the kid's house. You know, one of them's like, oh, one of them's autistic, you know. Things like that, and you know, times have completely changed. But can you imagine being a moment that happening? That, that actually just totally made my blood boil. I just when you just said that, I was like, "Raw." Obviously, I didn't get to go around to people's houses, but I'm like, if you deprive of someone or a friend just because they're different, like, yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. But there's a lot of positive now. Like Stephen, like he's turned out absolutely amazing. My mum did an incredible job. She has no regrets. And those friends that you know walked away or ignored her or you know got bitchy you know they're the ones that have lost out there because yeah you know, or you pagans yeah literally i know i'm definitely not giving any shouts to those peasants <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome I, I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on that subject i guess my main motive in creating when i create a piece is a lot of the offboarding side of things and i guess offboarding offboarding so so for example uh, the vr piece i want to actually have that in schools so i want to actually instead of just people watching it i want people to have a, a, a toolkit of places they of things they want to you know they can research or just look into to help them understand said topic but i guess like my main thing is is everyone just needs to be kind to one another and if you see someone talking to themselves in the street don't call them names don't aggravate them don't be that person who films them like it's so not cool like it's actually actually heartbreaking when i see videos online of people laughing at someone talking to themselves or twitching Mm. anything like that it is the most horrible thing that i can see just because i would be heartbreak heartbroken if i someone was filming my brother talking to himself and he's just living his life and you're there making it hard and i guess don't like ignore people i have a thing where i don't ignore people they come up to me in the street which could lead to probably not great things but so far so good (laughs) but i i don't ignore people i i acknowledge them i acknowledge they're there if they're just talking to me about their day that's fine if i get uncomfortable i can diffuse the situation just like oh like have a good one and walk away Hmm. embrace people and don't ignore them and also this links to a lot of things like when it comes to homeless people always say hello to them because it drives me mad when they must feel so invisible all the time and people are just walking by them acknowledge it say hi and just say i'm really sorry i don't have any change or hi i do have change or do you want some food like i think my main aspect is the reason why i create all of this and all this content is for people to feel accepted in the world 
and not to feel so isolated. So please embrace people for what they are. Yeah, I was gonna say to add on to your thing, like regarding the homeless person, one like if you have spare leftover food at the end of your meal or whatever, and you're gonna get if you're not gonna get a packed up, especially get a packed up and just drop it off at the homeless person that's probably nearby because it's highly likely there's gonna be a person nearby. Yeah, just do it. It's not gonna hurt you or anything. Yeah. they get at least something to eat. Yeah, and you've already had some good food, I'm sure. But just do something as simple as that. Or if you already have taken it to packed up, just drop it off anyways because you know. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like you have the flexibility to still get that that meal again if you wanted, whereas they probably don't. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. I totally agree. As my barber says, it's nice to be nice. Shout out, Ian. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know if his name's Ian. I, he just looks like an Ian. <laughs> I was gonna ask. <laughs> as like as your like stuff and like your projects like and photography and filming and stuff like that changed much during covid unfortunately all my photography work got dried up this year so mm-hmm. usually pretty busy because i do like sports photography events and stuff like that that obviously completely dried up but that's also okay because yeah, i was lucky i still have my job that i still work at which i really love so it's not been too bad not been too bad at all Sorry, when you say dried up, you don't mean like the photo paper dried up? Or is that like a pun? It's I, like, like, I can't believe the camera paper is just not working right now. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I feel like you did that. Do you know that thing when you put it in the water and everything? Oh my God, yeah. That is I thought you were making a pun and I couldn't tell. Like, I, was like, I bet you're like, is that a photography talk? I'm like, they don't know. <laughs> Look at those tech nerds. <laughs> <laughs> do you do that stuff like in the red room? And they did, I like... love it. It's really cool. It's yeah, yeah. I want to do that stuff. Does it? Oh, really? Yeah, so he has a two-bedroom front in London, obviously with his family, but one room, completely closed off, like no lights or anything, and he, you could see his Instagram. I'll plug in. I was, I was really confused. I thought I was like, I thought you were saying you're doing that for like work. Yeah. I no, no, he, he does it. He does it outside. Yeah, I was like, why are they doing this at this financial institution? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, a, it's, a, it's a hobby, and he's really, really good at it. Like one time, he brought this massive camera in to take a picture of someone that was leaving. Bro, I couldn't believe it. When I looked through the thing, it was like black and white and it was upside down. I was like, what? I was like, are you sure that then he then he had a special lens that he temporarily puts in to take the picture, takes it out and then covers it up again. I'm like, bloody hell, That's this old is old school. That I love that. Yeah. Though. This is quite nice. You might like this, but people on the podcast that can't see it. I've, we've got like a Polaroid of everyone who's been on the podcast. Oh, that's amazing. That is so nice. It used to be in person, but like the remote ones we just got them ordered instead. Oh, that's oh, so you're actually, actually, oh, oh, am I gonna go on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you you'll go on like there's. I've got an, I'm about to buy another one. Oh my God. We, uh, I love that. Run out of space. Aaron bought another wall, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go next to Liana? Or uh, I don't want to be the bad guy here, but it's in order. <laughs> <laughs> you are the bad guy. I'm next to my best friend. That's horrible. Okay, it. <laughs> the only thing is that we can't get people to sign their actual thing because we yeah. can't be anyone. I can find a way for that to happen if I can go next to my best friend. Ooh. You're like, no, ooh, you're this like, is, like structure, I'm sorry. I'm like, fair play. <laughs> uh, it would, honestly, it honestly really bug me. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, you'd have to move every single picture one to the right or so, <laughs> just so that happens. What, you're just going to have like, after like, on oh, your 300th episode, is it just going to be like, do, 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 like a whole room is going to be. Hopefully, I'll find, I think that'll be pretty cool. We'll have our own studio by that point with everything going around the entire thing, right? Oh, that's I hope. You'll probably have a studio with the BBC, hashtag BBC once again. No, 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 no. Fuck BB. <laughs> <laughs> only, only truth comes out of podcasts. Yeah, 
Do you know Casey Neistat? Do you watch Casey Neistat? I'm bad with names, but good with faces. He's a YouTuber. He's a bit of a filmmaker. Oh, uh, no, no, I wouldn't. Oh, okay. No, no, he's, he's, he's really awesome. Lives in America. Used to live in New York, but now lives in LA. But might be being back to New York. But anyway, he, in, his, in his like New York office, he had a wall where anyone would visit his office. Yeah. He'd take a Polaroid off them and then put it up and get them to sign it. But no, cool guy. Yeah, awesome. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Or should we start to round up? I feel like I'm going to hear it and it's going to be like, we're going to be giggling and laughing about something. You're going to be like, uh, my friend from work. Anyway. Yeah, pretty much. We're quite clean with it. After like, because it goes to both of us and then we obviously do some fancy other stuff to it. Yeah. I think it turns out like, you can't tell much of it that's edited. Like, when Have you, you had to do any to- audio editing? A little bit, yeah, stuff. but definitely not as intense as you guys. Like, I'm so, I want to know more about the setup, but I, like, your microphones look very professional, I must say. And your headphones as well. We did, we did put, yeah, quite a bit of money in at the beginning. But uh, hopefully it's been worth it. <laughs> okay, awesome. Should we uh, round it up? Yeah, okay, cool then. I guess I'll start with the first final question. What's next for you? What's next for me? So I'm currently got a couple of projects under my belt at the moment. Not sure how much I'm going to say about them, but one of them is obviously linking to um, disabilities, actually. So I'm trying to not just focus on people on the spectrum, I'm now branching out, and it's going to be a app of some sort and hopefully it will be out within the next year watch the space watch the space that's yeah so that project and creating more content whether that's just traditional documentaries interactive pieces about awareness touching on again disabilities just human and social issues and touching on things like that yeah also when you say app is that like a mobile app a mobile app, yeah. So that's well, I'm trying to think of how much to say, but it it hopefully yeah, it don't... be a game changer. I like to think, or mm. you could be interviewing me this time next year, and I'm like, oh my god, mm. I have got to go to court because it went really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it releases, let us know. We'll shout out on the episode. Bring yeah, <laughs> yeah, thanks. thanks. Now that's pressure. I'm like, guys, I need to get the developers on it. I'm like, guys, we release at the game because I said it on a podcast, so it's literally. <laughs> <happening."> <laughs> Second question is, what is one thing you'd like to change in the world? I, I don't know if this is a change. Let me know if I have to re-answer it. I think it goes back to just everyone treating everyone with like equal respect and everyone embracing one another and not ever shutting someone down and basically for people to not, not ignore each other. That makes sense. Yeah, for people not to ignore each other, embrace each other and you know, never judge someone because of how they're acting in a situation or a scenario, like go up to them and be like, Hey, like, are you okay? That is what I want people to do. I just want people to be kind to one another. And, you know, that's basically it. Be kind and, you know, show some love because some people are finding it much harder than you are. And by you laughing, it's not making it any easier at all. Yeah. That's a really nice message as well. (laughs) My mum made it, made it up for me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Momsy. Yeah. The third and final question that we have for every guest is, what is your most memorable third wheeling experience, if any? So this is usually where, this is to do, not to do with a podcast, but usually if you've been third wheeling a couple or if someone's been third wheeling you as a couple. So I thought this the other day and I remember messaging you guys like, I don't think I've ever experienced this. And I'm Honestly, as soon as I sent that, I was like, that is absolute bullshit. I had so many different things coming in my head. But the one thing, the one thing that is a reoccurring thing 
is I find my dog the biggest third wheeler around. <laughs> Honestly, you know, it's so annoying at times. Like, I'll go back home. I love the girl so much. She's so lovely. And then I'll be like, if I go, might invite someone around. And she doesn't like if I'm giving attention to somebody else. And I'm not going to lie. It's pretty, pretty like, Bonnie, go. <laughs> she looks at me before <laughs> she gets in the middle. And I'm like, that is not happening. <laughs> you. So much sass. Literally. And then scratching <laughs> on my door or something. Or going, what breed is your dog? Jack Russell. Damn. Oh, Bonnie, though. I'm going to make her an Instagram one <laughs> day. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. Those are pop up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely my my dog being the biggest third wheeler, I think I know. And she will carry on being that third wheel wheeler one hundred percent. Because if she moans, changes the mood, I'm gonna be honest, it's pretty off putting. I don't like <laughs> that. I do not buy that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Anyone you would like to see come on the podcast? I I'm just thinking of, I've got a few interesting people that are popping in my head. I feel like I'll think of loads afterwards as well, to be fair. Um, but you only said two, so. Oh, no, it can be any. Any, any amount. Number. And if you remember after, you can send them to us and we'll do it. Right, got it. So one, I think two people definitely are a couple of my flatmates. They're in like the theatre world, but also one of them's breaching into like a change of career path as well. So that is super fascinating. So Daisy and Sam, I would also love to get all of the girls on this. Like I would <laughs> love to get Grace. I would love to get Emily on it. I would love to get Alicia on it. Get the whole gang in. Uh, that would be great and Grace would be really interesting because she works for a mental health ward and obviously there's only so much you can say but that some stories there and some amazing stories and the work that she puts in is absolutely incredible so shout out to Grace 2020 year of the rat baby she'll love that by the way <laughs> she's screaming <laughs> out she'll show it to all of her fan base <laughs> which is <amazing. laughs> awesome we'll, we'll uh, yeah we'll give them a shout out or like tag them when we release your episode awesome. come on the final bit is is a shout. So you can basically shout, plug anything or multiple things that you want. So yeah, go ahead. Cool. Well, if everyone could follow my Instagram, Katie Louise Mitch, uh, Katie with an IE. I'm not as cool as the Katie with a Y, unfortunately, but that would be absolutely wonderful. And watch my content, share it, like it. That'd be great. And if anybody wants to collaborate on any type of stuff, media related, content related, life related, I would love to get involved. That's amazing. I was just gonna yeah, basically say the the links and the stuff that we've spoken about will all be in the description alongside. So just check out Katie's stuff and there's some stuff to probably learn in there as we did as well. So yeah, we re- definitely recommend learning on some of the topics that she spoke about. So I'm not gonna shout out anything related to my usual shout-outs once again. So yeah, just check out all of Katie's link this episode. I'm gonna shout out hashtag Ryan. Um guy. Well yeah, yeah, I'll shout out Ryan as well. <laughs> and I actually, I'm going to shout out. There's, I bought, been trying to get back into exercising a bit, you know, recently. Been, been slacking. Um, I and I bought some, oh, cheers. <laughs> I, bought, I bought, I bought some, um, they're not resistance bands exactly. They're more like resistance ropes on, they're like the best sellers on Amazon, fit for, they're like 20 quid or something. And they're quite good. Been using them for a bit, getting them gains. Oh, very cool. You know, so. People on the street better watch out now. Um, <laughs> the streets that you're roaming in COVID, yeah, say no more. <laughs> but, but yeah, I recommend, I recommend, even because it's just like, I'm, I'm too lazy, like, especially because I'm not like going into work or anything, work from home. I'm too lazy to like go to a gym. How does the res- resistance rope work out? So, like, what, what? Do you do with it? How, what do you do with the resistance rope? What's the difference? I mean, you just pull it, pretty much it. <laughs> you just, it's like the, if you go to a gym and they have the ropes stuff, 
it's, it's basically the same as that. And you just like hang it on like your door or like step on it. And then you can do like all kinds of stuff. Very multifunctional. That's, that's a good word. I'll say that. Is that a real word? Yeah. Yeah. Multifunctional. Yeah. I'll give that a shout out. Oh yeah. Use that Amazon affiliates link. In the yeah, description. yeah. I mean, that's probably what we put in the description. Right? The affiliate link. But yeah, cool. Thanks so much, Katie, for coming on. No worries. Thank you for having me. Um, and nice meeting you. And nice meeting you guys. I'll probably hopefully meet you guys at one of Liana's other parties uh, where the bus doesn't break down. Um, <laughs> even though that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll have to get you to sign the Polaroid. That would be first protocol. But yeah, yeah, it's been really good talking to you. Hopefully people like learn some stuff from, from everything. All the links, as Hamish said, will be in the description. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Any Any last words from anyone? No, sweet. No, cool. See, Hamish oh. looks like someone I know, but I could tell you that uh, when we're offline. But um, no, no, you can say it now on there. See if it's funny. A clip. <laughs> Friends, I don't know if you would have never met him, but what is your last name? Are you Black Main? Yeah. Oh, uh, do you know? Are you? A... You might know him as Waste Main. <laughs> <laughs> funny enough, <laughs> my friend is called. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> imagine. Um, no, you look like one of my friends called Neil. Interesting. I used to have a best friend back in the day called Neil. Did you feel like, like, wow, what a small world. <laughs> no, it, would, it wouldn't have been from Leicester or Loughborough. So um, I'm interested to see what this person looks like. Um, yeah, Hamish is like, I'll reserve my <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I'll send you photos. This is exactly yeah. who. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's a charming guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, Neil. Shout Last out. shout out. <laughs> yeah, cool. Anyway, uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. And yeah, I guess we'll speak to you next week. All right. Have a good day. See ya. All right, bye. See ya. Bye.